Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at GPC, we want you to know God, love people, and live sent. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. If you want to learn more about Grace Point, head over to gracepointchurch.net. And now, this week's message. What a declaration that He is the center of it all. Welcome to Grace Point. If this is your first time with us, or maybe you are in town for the holidays, welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope that if you don't have a church home, that maybe you have just found it, because we'd love to welcome you, make you a part of our family, and just uh, be a part uh, of this community of faith as we gather in here today to worship. Hopefully, you heard your neighbor singing those old great choruses. Even if you haven't been in church in a long time, there's something about those Christmas carols that just kind of, kind of come back to you, even if it was years and years years ago. Hopefully you heard the person next to you singing. Hopefully you've heard this Christmas season, God speaking to your heart. That's my desire. It's a hope. It's a prayer. It's a, it's, it's really what we aim to see is to, to be a conduit of God's voice in this. Hopefully you've heard the hum of angels. Literally, I hope that you've heard the hum of angels. I know more people across America believe in angels than that believe that Jesus is the eternal Son of God. I know that may be weird. Go back to the first message in this series. We talked about that very thing. There's an infatuation. There's an interest in angels. But the angels are very clear. The word angel means messenger. So they're messengers of something. They're not the the center of attention. They're not to be worshipped. No, they are worshippers that are messengers. They have a message from God. But not only do they have a message, they are serious about their worship, okay? When I say that, you got to look at the scriptures. You don't have to look very long. Just look at uh, Revelation, and you can see in Revelation chapter 5, I looked and I heard around the throne the living creatures, the elders, the voices of many angels, numbering a myriad of myriads. Now, what in the world's a myriad? I had to look it up. It's 10,000 in the Greek language. It means 10,000. So 10,000 times 10,000, 100, 100 million number there of angels. And then on top of that, thousands upon thousands saying with a loud voice. That's why I say, I hope you've heard the hum of angels this Christmas, this Christmas season. The loud voice, worthy is the lamb. Listen, the more and more I studied about angels, I can remember as a freshman in college, I can remember what I was in a hotel room traveling on the other side of the world, one of my first times to leave the country. And I can remember reading Isaiah 6 for the very first time. And it to this day, has revolutionized my life and my thoughts on what worship is and who angels are and what they're about. It was the year the King Uzziah died. And whenever Isaiah had a vision, he saw the Lord high and lifted up in the train of his robe, filling the temple. And there were above the temple, above the, above the throne, there were seraphim. Seraphim's another word for angels. And they were worshiping God saying, holy, holy, holy. Again, another day, another message, another time. We'll talk about Isaiah 6, but it changed my life in understanding that angels are worshipers that have a message from God, a message for us today. Now, we've been talking about angels a long time, and I know angels are excited about Christmas. They may be more excited than the kids in this room right now. Kids, uh, is there any kids in this room that's excited about Christmas? Give me a big holler, okay? 
That was like a wave. It started over here and it moved over here. All right, let's do it in unison. Let's say, let's say yippee, okay, if you're excited about Christmas. And, and if you're an adult kid, you can say it too. Ready? Here we go. If you're excited about Christmas. All right, all right. I still think the angels are a little bit louder, but that's okay. Because the angels have certainly been worshiping the Lord. Hey, listen, kids, in this room, I'm going to need your help. Your parents need your help. I want you to help count for me the number of times I say angels in my message. Take out a little piece of paper. If you got one of those worship packets on the way in, find you a little area to take your crayon out. And you're going to tally mark every time you hear the word angel starting now. Okay? Forget what I said before, but starting now. Okay? Um, and I'm going to give you three free ones. All right? Angel, angel, angel. And anytime you see that word in the scriptures, anytime you hear me say it, then you mark it down. Okay? If I say angelic, okay? I love having the kids in the room. They bring some life to our room. But when we've been talking about angels now for several weeks. We talked about Mary seeing an angel. Gabriel comes to her and tells her she's with child. She hears that her body is an act of worship, of service to the Lord. And she literally says it at the end of it. She says, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. So there is always a response. When God gives you a message, there's a response to that message. Angel came to uh, Mary gave her a message from God. Her response was, here I am. Even my body, it is a servant of God. The second encounter that we talked about last or two weeks ago was Joseph. He had an encounter with an angel in the night, okay? A dream, a vision in the night. And it was a call for him to be obedient. Don't divorce Mary. I know it's a whole message into itself. You got to go back and re-listen to it. But he was about to divorce Mary and the angel comes to him and says, no, 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 no. I want you to marry her. And so that's the angelic message that was him. And his response was he obeyed. He literally changed his plan. So again, whenever you hear an angelic message, Jesus is worthy of service. Jesus is worthy of obedience. But today, and you heard in the songs that we just sang, there's an angelic message that is given to the shepherds. These unnamed individuals out in the middle of a field, in the middle of the night, they get a singular angel who comes and that singular angel comes, all of a sudden becomes a multitude of angels. Literally, it's like a pressure cooker. It's like all of a sudden heaven can't contain the worship any longer and it goes from one angel to a multitude of angels. This is what the scripture says in verse, 12, verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God. I want you to notice in Revelation, I want you to notice in Isaiah chapter 6, I want you to notice in Luke chapter 2, there is a common theme with the angels. They know how to worship. So let us today lean in and learn from the angels on how we can worship. We have three worship gatherings around here on Sunday mornings on quite the regular. But we've got to understand what worship, what, what, what worship is. Whenever I say Christmas, I'm really saying Christ worship. You take the word Christmas, you break it down in its etymology, you got Christ, you got mass, you got Christ worship or worshiping Christ. 
So what were the angels doing that night with the shepherds in the middle of the night? They were having Christmas. Christmas is not a noun, it's a verb. How do you Christmas? How do the angels Christmas? What does your Christmas look like? And I'm not talking about the casserole that's in the oven. I'm not talking about the presents under the tree, the family that's about to come in or that's here. I'm talking about how do you Christ mass? How do you Christ must? How do you worship Christ? We learn a lot from just looking at the angels, learning how to, to worship. We have three gatherings around here on a regular basis. One is a weekly gathering. Now, it is, I know this is a rocket science to you. 19 and 1045 is a regular thing for us on Sunday mornings. But what's encouraging about it is every time we're coming back to Christmas, every time we're worshiping, we worship, we have Christmas every single Sunday. Now, in, in a couple of weeks, we'll be back on January the 7th, and I'm kicking off a series of messages called Good to Great. We're going to be looking at the single most densely packaged passage of Scripture in the New Testament for Jesus followers. So here it is. If you're a Jesus follower, a want to be a Jesus follower, or thinking about being a Jesus follower, and you want to know what Jesus says about being a Jesus follower, there's three chapters. I mean, this call it the spark notes on Jesus following. It's the Sermon on the Mount. It is literally the most densely packaged, it's the most, uh, most comprehensive message that we have of Jesus. People have been talking about the Sermon on the Mount for centuries. John Donne said this about the Sermon on the Mount, all the articles of, the religion, of our religion, all the canons of our church, all the injunctions of our princes, all the homilies of our fathers, all the body of divinity is in these three chapters, in the Sermon on the Mount. You don't want to miss it. It's not just Christianity that realizes the value of this, but other religions of the world. Gandhi himself said this about the Sermon on the Mount. It pleases me most. It's the sweetest passage that's been often on my lips. That's the power and the impact of the Sermon on the Mount. Also, Leo uh, Tolstoy, uh, great author, war and peace, all that kind of stuff. Sermon on the Mount is the last word on the Christian religion, contains all that Christianity demands. So again, you want to understand what it means to follow Jesus January 7th, we kicked that off. That's one form of worship on a Sunday morning. The second form is family worship. Kids, give me another holler if you're in the room. Woo, all right. That's what family worship looks like. Now, I love it when families come in. They come in, they notice that kids' church isn't happening today. There is this shock and awe that happens across many a parent. Some of them decide, are we staying or are we going? Listen, this is strategic, believe it or not. About four or five times a year, that's not that many times, we come in here, but it's a good time as a family to worship as a family, to do it together. They'll be back in their, in their, in their zone next, uh, next time we gather, but today's a time that we come together as a family. But there's also a third one, it's at-home worship. See, at Grace Point, we worship together collectively on a weekly week basis 51 weeks out of the year. 52 weeks out of the year, the 52nd week out of the year, we typically stay at home and we do at-home worship. It's a way that we equip you, we have, we have resources for you, that next Sunday, if you come, you'll be the only one here, okay? Uh, or those who missed this announcement. So, uh, so realize that there's a, a worship opportunity for you as a family to gather around. We're going to walk you through that. We have resources for you. You can gather those on your way out today. But here's what it is. It is Christmas. That's what Christmas is. It is worshiping Jesus, and it's making Jesus the center of our lives. 
And so how do you Christmas? How do the angels Christmas? Let's learn from them, all right? This is what we learned from that passage that, that uh, um, Kinley and Dad read uh, together, Sean read earlier. This is what we learned from this. One is that Christmas is about, isn't about material, it's about the message. Christmas isn't about material, stuff, toys, trinkets. It's about the message. Now listen, you ask me what I want for Christmas, and I can tell you what I want for Christmas next year. I, have, I get sucked into the materialism of everything like nobody's business. So this is confession here. Okay, literally a family member will write me, what do you want for Christmas? I can text back before uh, any, any, any chance of them moving on to something else and give them a list. I have more things in my Amazon and REI and different, different online save for later boxes that I'm saving for somebody to say, hey, what do you want for Christmas? And I'll, I can give it to you. So if you need some things to buy, then come see me. I will give you my Christmas list. The angels, too, were caught up in the material. Excuse me, the angels, not the angels, the shepherds. They were taking care of their flocks by night. They were in the middle of the field. What was a flock to them? The flock was money. The flock was their material. The flock was their source of income. The flock was, was everything, and they were out protecting it against being stolen. They were protecting it against predators. They were staying out there in the night so that they wouldn't run off. This was their livelihood. And all of a sudden... An angel that turns into a multitude of angels shows up, interrupts their sleep or interrupts their storing or interrupts whatever's going on in the middle of the night to tell them even greater story, greater news. And that is the good news. So again, it's not about the sheep. Sheep are fine. In fact, many of those sheep were probably on their way to the the, the temple to be acts of worship for people. But this is what the scripture says in verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. Euangelion is the Greek word there. Great joy for all the people. So literally he gives this announcement of good news, of euangelion, of evangel, evangelist. Howard Schwartz, when he was building the, the, the Starbucks brand, he called himself the evangelist of coffee. Now that, that's, you could say that's true. He's an evangelist of coffee. What are you an evangelist of? I'm an evangelist of Jesus. The angels are an evangelist of Jesus. They've got good news tied behind and with Jesus. What is the message of Christmas? The message of Christmas that the angels gave on that day is an an enduring and, and, and endearing message. Notice he says that I've got good news of great joy. The word great is the word megas in the Greek, which is where we get the word mega. So I got mega joy. <laughs> That's what the angel said. I got mega joy for you. Now think about all the things that we're going to be sharing tomorrow morning with one another. Maybe you've already got your list and the top toys. Maybe you got the mega, mega Barbie uh, uh, put together thing uh, that's coming up. Anybody want that in the room? Yeah, no, yes. What about any parents want the uh, Samsung 55-inch frame? Yeah, yeah, I hear that one as well. What if you had the option? Here's the option. You could give a less marketed gift but would have enduring 
an endearing joy for all of your life. Or you can give a short-term, well-marketed gift that will last for a month. If you're like my kids or like my kids, they played with the boxes more than they play with the toys sometimes. What am I saying? The joy that Jesus brings, the angels declared it on that night, is that this is not just any news. This is mega joy news. This is joy news that will stay with you forever. It is enduring and it is endearing, but it's also inclusive and encompassing. Inclusive, it's for all the people. It's for all the people of all the world. It's for everyone. That was the message that the angels gave on that night. Um, I don't know about you, but I like cartoons from time to time. Uh, anybody watch Charlie Brown Christmas? Any, any, anybody ever? Come on. Everybody in the room last time had raised their hand. All right, come on. All right, so I was watching it again yesterday. And it was actually Charles Schultz, uh, Schultz uh, uh, prepared that in 1965. It's older than I am, and I'm old. And it has been playing on the television ever since then, okay? Every year. Again, I watched it again yesterday. And it's incredible. 1965, but it could have been produced today. With all the anxiety, all the stress, all of that that goes on in our, in our culture, the scene opens with Charlie Brown in a moment of depression and anxiety and hurt and wondering what the real joy of life is. It moves on into, the, into all the festivities of, of presentations and, and events and, and looking good and making sure you look good as Lucy is putting together the play. In the midst of all of the chaos and the commercialism, that's what so much of Christmas is for so many people. Charlie Brown throws up his arms and says, does anybody... Does anybody know what Christmas is all about? Linus, with his blanket, walks to the center stage. The lights turn down, and he begins to tell them. Luke chapter 2, from memory, he tells the story of Jesus coming and the great joy that he brings. Read this verse out loud with me. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Listen, don't get mixed up in all the material. I can get there in a heartbeat. Get lost in the message. The message of great joy that is for all the people. Which then leads me to the second message that the angels give us is that Christmas isn't about me. It's about us. It's much bigger than me. Whenever you look back at that passage of Scripture, you find in Verse 13 and 14, and suddenly there was with the angels, the multitude. So it went from one angel to the multitude of angels. And the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, on earth. In Boputswana, in Mali, in all parts of the world, there is supposed to be peace. We need peace in this world. And on earth, peace among those whom he has pleased. Peace is not 
a treaty to be signed and then broken, as is so often seen. Peace is not a, is not a warm fuzzy or a feeling that you feel when you have good things happen to you. Peace is not a, an idea that you might achieve one day or a dream. Peace, hear this, is a person. If you know the person, you know peace. He will give you the peace that even in the midst of war, you can endure. Isaiah prophesied 400 years before Jesus came that he would come and he would be the prince of peace. Jesus came to this earth, was walking with his disciples. He promised them, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. A lot of troubled hearts in this world today. A lot of people not at peace in this world today. Listen, the peace that Jesus offers us is a peace of himself. Romans chapter 15, verse 33 says, May the God of peace be with you all. Now, again, I only have to turn on the news or I only have to read my news feed on my phone to see and sense the anxiety, the stress, the lack of peace in our world. That God is actually coming to give us peace. The angels are declaring He is the peace and He came to be our peace. In a few moments, we're going to do a little exercise that we do every Christmas Eve, but it actually has meaning. If you pick up a candle on your way in, we're going to have candles and we're going to light around the room. But here's what happens. I know I've done this. I know I see it every single week or every single year at some, some point in one of our services. You'll get your candle. Somebody will come and light it. And then I get hypnotized by the light. I get focused on the light that I've got and keeping my light going and keeping the wax from getting into, you know, what, what. And all of a sudden, the light becomes the focus. Instead of what I'm supposed to do with that light. I'm supposed to take that light and share it. Do not keep the light to yourself. This is a light for all. The peace that we talk about is for all the peoples of all the world. And it's for everyone. Take it. Walk across that aisle. Find somebody. Go out of your way to light somebody else's candle. God's peace would be... There are 32 countries in the world today that are at war. They're at war over, over tribal issues. They're at war over drugs. They're at war over territories. There are 200 nations in the world. Four, uh, 40 of the countries, they will not observe Christmas morning. It will not even be a part of it. Part of, their, part of their vocabulary, part of their thought processes. 18 have literally banned Christmas around the world in their countries. Banned. You cannot observe Christmas. Well, what is Christmas? The worship of Christ. That celebration of the life that he comes, the peace that he brings. One of the things our church has been about is making sure we get the peace to the nations. Peace to our neighbors, peace to, our, to, to northwest Arkansas. We have an offering that we take every year. This time, this is a time you can take out your phone if you wanted to participate in this, feel led to participate in this. It will, all offerings that come in today will go to our Give Peace offering. Where we are hoping to give peace to Northwest Arkansas, where we also have realized that there's a war going on right now in Israel and Palestine, and we're committed to working with Palestinian 
Christians and Palestinian, or excuse me, Israeli Christians and enabling them to have trauma care, enabling them to have safe places to live, clothing, food. We're committed to work with sin relief in that. But also, if you were here last week, you heard Slavic talk about what's going on in Ukraine after two years of war and how they are still at war and what, what that organization has done has put out 17 different We Care centers around Ukraine where all the displaced people from, from all over Ukraine are finding places of safety, places for food, places again for trauma care. Why? What we're doing is we're wanting to give peace. We don't just keep the peace for ourselves. We give peace away. There's ways that you can give, and I'm not going to linger there much longer. You can learn out out of the hub area and learn more about it. But here's what I want to be challenged by. How is your Christmas? How is your Christmas of giving peace? See, the angels were worshipers who had a message. Are you a worshiper who has a message? There was a song that was um, written a number of years ago. In fact, 1637 is in that time frame by a man named Thomas Ken. It was written out in several stanzas. It was written, called the doxology. It was written with a morning stanza and a midday stanza and an evening stanza. Really, the only stanza that has survived the course of time is this one. You might know it. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. That's you and me. We have a call to worship. We have a call to Christmas. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Who's that? The angels. What a beautiful scene when heaven and earth meet. When the angels are worshiping and we are worshiping. Praise Him, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Would you say this with me and let it just become a statement of worship and praise right now. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him. Praise Him. Thanks for listening to the Grace Point Church podcast. To stay up to date on all things GPC, follow us at Grace Point NWA on Facebook or Instagram. As you go, be people who show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live Sent.